There will be no chugging with the fellas tonight. The Phoenix Suns did not win game 64. Ah, shucks. Matthew, I wasn't really expecting them to go out and get win 64, considering they were benching so many of their starting players. That being said, the Phoenix Suns were down by a total of 39 points at one point in this game and ended up scoring 48 points in the fourth quarter and only lose by four. Nice effort by that third team, huh? Yeah, it was nice. You know, I'm glad they lost the game because it helps Devin Booker in his MVP race, right? You don't want this team to win when the bench comes in. Then they can do without Booker. You remove the MVP, you lose the game. That's what happens, man. Uh, but it got close at the end. I kind of liked it. Uh, I did kind of drift off and be like, where the fuck am I? And is this game over yet? I was like, wait, are we we still got to do a podcast tonight? But it's not even 10 o'clock. It just seems like it's so late tonight. I don't know what's going on, but happy to be here, Jamsters. This is the game that never ends. <laughs> yes, it went on and on, my friend. Yeah, indeed. It felt like it just would not end. Uh, and, you know, it was nice that the third team fought the way that they did. Got an opportunity to play some minutes uh, that were valuable to them. Coach Mott got an opportunity to coach them up at the end and run sets for them uh, as they tried to come all the way back from down 39. And there's a lot of little beneficial things about this game. But ultimately, uh, I don't know in the grand scheme of things whether or not it was truly relevant. So that being said, we're still here for you, Jamsters. We're live after the Suns lose to the Los Angeles Clippers by a total of four points. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. Uh, Matthew, let's see. And if you happen to be watching along live, hit that thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, yes. and hit the bell notification button. If you want to become an elite jamster, hit the join button and you will get elite content, which we'll be putting out, uh, especially next week, because we're going to have a lot of dead time out there in between Suns games, uh, with the last game being on Sunday and the next game being sometime after that. We have the whole play in tournament, so we will have podcasts talking about some of those play in tournament games. But if you want extra content, you got to become an elite jamster, and you do so by pressing join in the uh, the YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, give us five star rating, and a review will be read right here on the podcast. So, Matthew, I am not chugging with the fellas tonight. That was a good practice last night. It was great, win sixty three. <laughs> but through eighty games now, the team is sixty three and seventeen. So I'm just going to pop open a beer. Just pop it open. And let's talk about this game against the Clippers and such. Cholula, this motherfucker. The Phoenix Suns did not start Chris Paul. They did not start... Devin Booker or Jay Crowder or DeAndre Ayton, which brings me to the first question of the podcast for Matthew. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask straight up. Did this game matter? <laughs> no, not at all. We got what we wanted last night. Tonight's game, it doesn't matter. The next two games doesn't matter. So what we're doing here doesn't even matter. Go to bed, Jamsters. No reason to listen to this. Uh, but, no, it's fun though because I was actually looking forward to seeing most of the bench play and see how Cam Johnson played tonight. Um, not too well. Um, but, you know, there's the things you look forward to with Mikael Burgess keeping a streak alive of games played. Uh, there's reasons to watch this game still, even though Eddie Johnson's kind of running through the same material three times tonight. <laughs> We're just like, All right, Eddie, you said that twice already, dude. That's the way tonight was. So we might do the same thing. We might do a half hour and just redo the same half hour. Who knows? There you go. We'll just play it over and over again. Well, to quote The Rock. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It didn't matter tonight. Uh, you like that drop? I'm going to use that drop so that, much, dude. man. Uh, you know, tonight. It doesn't matter. And... <laughs> i'm sorry i just it, you know ultimately this is one of those games where we're at the back end of the season and we had a great opportunity to see a lot of third team guys because the second team guys really didn't play well to start this game now granted they're going against the first team guys of the clippers so i mean you kind of knew coming into this game that the we were not going to see anything crazy from the suns uh you look at the first half the phoenix suns in the second quarter 
after scoring 22 in the first, scored at nine in the second quarter. Nine. Okay? (laughs) Nine. So if you look at that second quarter, they were four of 22 from the field, one of 12 from beyond the arc. That's the key there. Of their 22 shots, 12 of them were from beyond the arc. And this reminded me a lot of uh, the game against the Golden State Warriors that we ended up winning. The Phoenix Suns aren't going to be, ex- uh, especially with the guys who played in that quarter, right? You had nearly nine minutes from McHale in the second. You had almost 10 minutes from Cam Johnson in, in the second. Uh, you had six minutes of JaVale McGee, 12 minutes of Landry Shamit, uh, Torrey Craig, almost you know five minutes, campaign five minutes, Bismack five minutes, Alfred seven horrible minutes. Uh, and he was actually, he had the lowest plus minus in the entire, or no, Ish Wainwright did in the entire uh, uh, quarter. But you're not going to be expending your energy and putting yourself in, not, in a position to where you could get injured by driving to the hoop. So you're just going to be chucking up threes and hope they go in. And they didn't go into that quarter. They shot 8.3% from three, Matthew. <laughs> Sounds about right. You know, nothing was really going right, though. Even when Cameron Payne would go to the rim, like his angles and stuff he was taking, they just they weren't falling. Like there's a few times he had Paul George off the dribble and took him to the rim. Um, and just wasn't falling for him. Even his three, he airballed the three. And I love I love the fact that the Suns did settle for the threes. I mean, 48 of them tonight, which is just I don't I don't know the stats on that. I thought you would have a stat about 48, 48 threes taken. We're probably 0 for four or 0 and four this year when we take that many threees, because that's a oh, lot. I'll pull, of threes. Oh, I'll pull it up. And that's that's something that you know I was rooting for because that's what got us back in the game. You know, I think it was mm-hmm. Tory Craig with like the short arm threes tonight. Like his three looked totally different. He was short arming arming them, and they would just go in nothing but net. So uh, it was interesting because I was actually hoping like you know to see more from uh, Cameron Payne because he got a lot of a lot of flack last game. Yeah, tonight you know it didn't look too good either. So it, it's weird. It's not there. What's weird is. They're going to be playing these next two games, right? This way, out of sync, kind of. I feel like until the playoffs start, because they're not going to be playing with the same rotations, right? So we got to mm-hmm. figure that out, I guess, when they come back to the playoffs. So that's another thing to think about, not to worry about. It's just another thing to think about. Just know know that these guys aren't used to doing what they're doing, especially when you bring in Lundenberg at the end of the game. Even though they started playing way better when he came in. Oh yeah, and we'll, and we'll talk about that here. Uh, momentarily focusing on that second game second team unit you're you're 100% right and also you have to understand that the Clippers who just got Norman Powell back this is the first game Mm -hmm. of Norman Powell being back PG's in his what third game back maybe fourth game back he's off and on I think yeah yeah so they're not the Clippers are locked into the eighth spot as well so they're going out there they're getting their reps and then they're resting their guys as well I mean this is the end of the season not only do these games not necessarily matter for the Suns they're not mattering for the opposition either the Jazz are a team that when we play them, it's going to mean a little bit more to them because they are still fighting for uh, positioning in the playoffs. Uh, I, I'd have to actually look at it to see exactly where they fall and if that game is going to matter when we play them on Friday. Uh, but most likely it will, and most likely they're going to put forth an effort that's going to exceed the Suns. And it's nice to to see the Jamsters in the chat and nobody's freaking out. Nobody. Like, We've gotten to that point where we've hit this beautiful sweet spot where it's like we were down 39 in this game and no one in the the chat is being like, you know what, this, you know, Rome is burning. Now, Mm -hmm. granted, the conversation that everybody's having is along the lines of Alfred Payton, Aaron Holiday, Ify Lundberg. uh, You know, what do you do going into the playoffs? Because I'll tell you what, Alfred Payton, once again, just underwhelmed. Straight up, 11 minutes, almost 12 minutes played. So not a, not a ton of minutes for Elf, but he was one for seven from the field. He had one assist. Uh, he just did not look good. And then you have Aaron Holiday comes in, who plays 18 minutes. He goes four ten from the field, has 16 points, has seven assists, uh, has six rebounds. And mm-hmm. part of you goes, hey, if we had put, if Monty Williams would let go of this experiment with Alfred Payton, it's something about these guys who wear number two. It's like him and like Elia Kobo just have a trance on Monty Williams to where he gets this, the nod as the backup to the backup point guard, the 13 point guard, where it needs to be Aaron Holiday. Does it not? Going into the playoffs, that's the one thing I'm taking from this game. I'm not taking much from this game, but I'm taking that. 
I wish I could say yes, but the way it's looking is it's not going to be. I feel like this is he's getting these minutes because he's warming up. I think the defense is kind of there, but seriously, the, that floater, man, you got to flush that down the toilet. That is the, the nastiest thing. What he does when he goes in the paint, for some reason, he still thinks that he can get these little layups over these big men. He gets swatted. Like, you know, as soon as he yes. goes in the paint, he's going to get swatted. The only time really he didn't is when he threw up this nasty floater off and hit off the backboard, the back of the rim. And it's just like, okay, what kind of force shot is that? I feel like the best part, one of the best parts, because the Suns' offense is just amazing. One of the best parts is we don't force a lot of shots ever unless he's on the court. Alfred Payton's like the last guy that really forces a lot of shots in the paint. You know, the other guys, they can get their shots off. Of course, they have better angles, a better length. But whatever Payton is doing in the paint, he needs to knock that off. Uh, but the full court defense looked a little bit good. He looks good defensively, but that's the thing we always talk about him defensively. And then also when you have Holiday coming in, him defensively, they're about, I would say they're about equal, but I trust mm-hmm. Holiday more offensively mm-hmm. just because he'll make the fewer mistakes. But I feel like if Monty's going to play Holiday more going into the playoffs, you would think you would see him more in these next two games. So I hope we do because that's always a yeah. question on Twitter. It's always a question in these podcasts after the after the game is how come he's not playing Holiday? What is the yes. thing? Why is he in the trance, like you said, with Alfred Payton? Because it has to be something where Holiday needs to get more minutes these next two games and prove that he can be that guy, the third guy. He might not get any minutes in the playoffs, exactly. but he'll probably just be the third dude. We just got to know for sure because I think a lot of the Suns fans, that's what they want. They want Holiday to be that third guy. Yeah, and you're seeing a lot of the jamsters are mentioned in the chat, you know, cut elf. And I, I support this. Mm-hmm. I support this cause. Because I look at it like this, okay? The one thing that you that Alfred Payton has over Aaron Holiday is his defensive capability, right? But if yeah. we are playing him in a third team situation or a second team situation due to rest, a, a, an injury, God forbid, any of those situations, you don't necessarily need somebody to come in and play lockdown defense i would rather have an offensive mindset for the player who's coming in to substitute to keep the points going because nothing's worse than a drought that occurs when your second team comes in we've seen it for years you watch bad basketball teams that's what happens their starters will have two or three guys who are really good at providing offensive uh, production and putting points on the scoreboard and then when they try to get those guys some rest the second team comes in and can't hit the broadside of a barn. And, you know, that's the definition of Alfred Payton. Whereas at least with Aaron Holiday, he's a little bit more offensively minded. He can hit some shots. He can set up his uh, fellow teammates and allow them to be yeah. successful consistently. And he doesn't just drive into the basket every time. Alfred Payton has one move, and it's I'm going to the to the middle. Because he is no threat outside. Every guy who starts a possession on him defensively is four feet inside of the arc because they know he's not going to shoot. There's no accountability there. So, again, if if we're going to uh, prioritize what that position, what that roster spot should be, I would say offense over defense, and that equals Aaron Holiday over Alfred Payton. I'm totally with you. And Payton must have something with Monty where – they talk and then Monty's just basically like, Hey, like I'm going to give you some minutes to really prove yourself. And just like, Oh, uh, yep. The, the free throws were nasty too. <laughs> the, <laughs> the free throws were, uh, oh, cherry God. On Sunday, man. But I think they talk and I think basically Peyton's just like, well, give me a few more games. Let me see what I can do. I, that's the only thing I'm thinking. Cause I mean, Monty, he, he seems like a coach, right. That would give these guys extra minutes and see if they can prove themselves if they ask for it. I feel like maybe Peyton had to ask for it because I don't think Monty, even though you think maybe he is in trance with them, I don't think Monty would really go out of his way to be like, um, Peyton, you're going to keep playing. You're going to keep getting minutes unless Peyton's asking to, to, to be that guy still. Yeah, I think, I don't know. In, <laughs> in, 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 in my point of view, Alfred Peyton's a veteran. Monty respects his veterans. Alfred must bring something to the locker room that he sees valuable and he wants to continue to to fan the flames, not to take a uh, a pun, if you will, off of one of our good podcast buddies, uh, the Fanning the Flames podcast. But he likes to fan the flames of whatever he's bringing to the uh, locker room. You know, Alfred Payton was with Devin Booker and Chris Paul at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. You know, so I mean, he's he's got a presence that brings some value. The only place he doesn't bring value, unfortunately, is to the 
uh, to, on the court. On the and court. and one of the mm-hmm. questions, you know, we have two two-way contract players, right? You have Ify Lundberg, and welcome to Phoenix, Ify Lundberg. You made your first shot tonight. Uh, if I remember correctly, you made only one shot tonight. Three. Uh, yeah, he had that three. He, he, yeah. he was one for four, uh, had five assists, a couple rebounds. So welcome, Ify Lundberg. But both him and Ish Wainwright are two-way players. And Ish Wainwright, career high tonight, 20 points for Ish, uh, 8 of 15 shooting, 4 of 8 from beyond the arc. He had 8 total rebounds, 4 assists as well. Uh, A career night for Ish Wainwright. He helped get this team back in it. And that's a question that you have to ask is, do you cut Alfred Payton in an effort to try to bring one of these players, one of these two-way contracts, onto this roster for the playoffs? We know that you might not necessarily need them, but I feel like both of them would be more productive than Alfred Payton. And perhaps I'm being unfair because I've seen Ify Lundberg play a total of like 15 <laughs> minutes in a son's uniform. But I mean, shit, you know? So, yeah, that's so. That's so what thing. do you think? I, I think Wainwright for sure is going to get the minutes. I think he can get minutes in the playoffs for sure. He's he's proven himself not in just this game. Like he just he blends in really well offensively and defensively. He can hit that corner three. Monty trusts him. What the EG even said about said that tonight. But I've known that for a while, right? He's been in the mix, but he'll miss a few games here or there. But he's always been in the mix. He's always been like the third. He's always been like the third guy in the death chart to come in and really help out. Um, but also, I, I the thing is, Peyton. <laughs> I'm going to say they're, they're going to keep him. I don't know if Lumbergs are, if they have to get rid of one guy, it'd probably be Lumber, right? I know tonight was awesome, his first game and all that. But I'm just saying, Peyton, even though we're not trusting him, I mean, we would trust him more over Lumberg. I would think just because of experience, I guess, if you have to rely on somebody, maybe at Alfred Payton, because defensively he is better than Lumberg. But I don't even know yet. I don't know what Lumberg looks like, but that's the thing is like you don't know what to expect from this guy. And that's probably the one reason that we choose the other two over him going into the playoffs. Yeah. And Mario Lopez says in the chat, and I don't know the validity of this two way players cannot play in the playoffs. I know two way players can't, but if you, well, I think we're probably past the point of no return where if we were to cut Alfred Payton, you can't sign too many if, rules. It, it, yeah, I know you can't <laughs> sign so Ish Wayne right to a full contract just to, yeah. to bring him into the playoffs. So okay. whatever you uh, say, maybe, Mario Lopez, yeah, we Mario, actually, I trust the jamsters more than anybody. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. You guys are like our, our fail safe. That's why one of the great reasons uh, or one of the great things about doing a live podcast right afterwards is we have instant feedback. So we're just not going to sit here, talk <laughs> for like 30 minutes on it. And then we go back yeah. and we listen to it and everyone comments on it and be like, dude, dumbass, you can't even bring them guys on the, uh, uh can't even bring them on the <laughs> roster. And after tiger 25 says, if I understand correctly, tomorrow's the deadline to cut and sign. So, so we'll probably find something out then. Right? Yeah. So I don't know. That'd be crazy. That's if maybe they cut Alfred Payton. The if they, uh, if they cut Alfred Payton, that'd be pretty uh pretty interesting Lundberg is more he he seems like he has more confidence on the floor for sure oh, without a doubt without I mean, a he was doubt. he's a mature shot. player I thought he shot 10 times tonight and <laughs> Lundberg his defense too he can really get into he's somebody, long right? dude he's like yeah. he's got like a seven foot wing he's on top of him though but like he had a few fouls I think he had one foul he said that I saw and I just thought he was really up in the guy's business but he was still keeping a good distance away from him it was kind of like unusual defense like I'd never seen kind of a defense like have their feet underneath the guy in a way it was kind of weird i i like the way he was defending these guys and you could see like the other team trying to give him a hard time because he is new to the league right and they're trying to just do what they want with the guy but i like his confidence on both defensive and offense yeah i do too and again he's a well-polished player uh i was listening to somebody and they said that i believe his last off season or two off seasons ago when they were talking about the top free agents out there he was like number 23 on the list because of the exploits that he's done over in the Russian league. So he is definitely a player who has some experience and has a confidence about him. And it's just too small of a sample size. That's the unfortunate thing. But the fortunate thing is for these next couple of games, like we get to see him play. We get to see number 19 yeah. out there. It's been since Leandro Barbosa, but I mean, number 19, we all remember Raja Bell. He was number 19. That's what so. I think of when I see him every Me time. Me too. I was like, Your yeah, favorite look at player. that. Yeah. <laughs> I was kidding. not a Rajah Bell fan. I, I know. Like, that's I why know. I said that. I remember somebody gave me a signed picture of Rajah Bell, and I, like, gave it to somebody. I think everyone has one of those. Everyone and... <laughs> just has a Rajah Bell signed picture somewhere. <laughs> you know, like, I respected his defense, but I don't just, I, I don't know. I just wasn't the hugest. And, and when mm-hmm. we traded him, and then we ended up getting Jason Richardson, I was through the moon because I love Jay Rich. I'm like an offensive yeah. player. 
again, the defensive thing, it just didn't make sense in the confines of who the Phoenix Suns were at that time. You know, you needed that defensive enforcer, and Rajah Bell was, you want, you know, just more bark than bite, I feel like, outside of the fact that he knocked Kobe over uh, in that one. So, anyways, sorry about the Rajah Bell. Sorry, right, it happens. Right we have it to happens. bring it up once a month at least. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we see Ify Lundberg, we're like, yeah, Rajah Bell. Um, it was nice to see Cam Johnson out there getting a little bit more of a rhythm, uh, both on offense and on defense. I think that that's important, mm-hmm. especially going into the uh, the playoffs. So he gets his drop. Lights, Cameron, action. He's the son who played the most amount of minutes tonight. 31, almost 32 minutes for Cam Johnson. Yes, he was 3 of 13 from the field. Yes, he was 1 of 9 from beyond the arc. So he's still miserable out there. But I like the fact that he was starting to attack the rim again. And that's what's important. I, you know, when he starts to do that, he puts himself he's more engaged in the game, I feel, and things will come uh to him. I'm hoping. Please. Yeah, I mean, I think we can count on it. I hope so. Otherwise, I'd have to return the jersey I never got. <laughs> the Cam Johnson jersey never came my way. Uh, defensively, he looked really good, I thought. Um, but he's not like falling all over the place like the last few games. I feel like defensively, he was kind of all over the place and kind of running into players when he shouldn't be, and he was almost injuring himself. Tonight wasn't really – he was he was a little bit more stable on defense. Uh, getting to the rim, though, it, it was nice because it looks like he's making like a straight line attack. Like he's actually – the last few games, he's kind of – just like you know what he's like I'm, I'm i'm stronger than these guys i should be just going straight at him at the rim before i feel like it was like kind of going around like he was taking like the long way around all yeah. the time now he's just beelining it the only thing is like finishing at the rim he's having a hard time with that uh it's it seems like cam johnson it, it looks like him right uh smells like him um everything is there just like the shots aren't going in so it's yeah. not complete he's like at 99 percent, 98 percent and 100% hopefully before the playoffs. And I love these minutes. Like, you give him the 30 minutes the next two games. Yeah, see, I think he's at, like, 80%. He's still, 80? Got, a, okay. he's still got a ways to go. I, I like the shot looks good. Uh, I think that there's a lot of, you know, those shots need to start falling for him, really, because that's his value. His value is a three-point mm-hmm. sharpshooter. Uh, and between him and Landry Shamit, who also just was chucking him up today, you know, he was two of eight from beyond the arc. So between Cameron Johnson and Landry Shamit, they were three of 17 from beyond the arc, yes. uh, eight points for him. Baby. Yeah. Playoff basketball, baby. You know, I mean, it was just like, you know, you, it, it's so oh, funny if you geez. look at the box score, cause you look at the starters and it's like Mikhail Bridges, mm-hmm. negative 32. Uh, and I'm talking the plus minus, obviously cam Johnson, negative 21, <laughs> uh, JaVale McGee, negative 28, Landry Shamit, negative 32 campaign, negative 23. And then you look at like the bench se- plus seven for Dor- Tory Craig, Negative three for Ish or for Alfred Payton, shocking. Bismack Biombo plus twenty four. Uh, Ify Lumberg plus twenty two. Aaron Holiday plus thirty. Ish Wainwright plus thirty six. So it's such a lopsided, yeah. you know. And it's the same thing, obviously, for the Clippers uh, to see just such lopsidedness. <laughs> it was a funny, weird, odd game on this Wednesday it, night. Yeah, it was. It was like worse than playing a game of Monopoly. It was pretty tough to get through. It's like, is this ever gonna end? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So yeah, that's what I did tonight. I hung out on the Clippers <laughs> subreddit. Aaron Wasteland, very different from the that of the Lakers that I saw last night. One of their first questions is something that I think Suns fans can all empathize with. Obviously, this game was also on ESPN. Uh, Matthew, it sounds like you watched the Valley Sports broadcast. Uh, I watched probably about the first 10 minutes of the game on ESPN. And uh, then I I pulled the the classic Eddie Johnson, man, fuck this, and went over to Valley Sports Arizona. But the first thing that was said on the Clipper subreddit, y'all think Doris is worse than Reggie? And that's a good question. (laughs) That's tough. That That's is tough. tough. It's like, which arm do you want to lose? That's what yeah. well, I guess I would lose yeah. my left arm. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> which one's your left arm? Is that Doris or Reggie? But what was interesting was how consistently, and it's interesting, you know, because I'm bouncing between Twitter and uh, I'm on my phone just like the whole time, but I'm bouncing between <laughs> Twitter and, and the Clippers subreddit. Yeah. And on Twitter, you can see 
Suns fans being like, dude, Doris Burke sucks. And I agree with that. Like, I'm not a fan of, I'm just not a fan of ESPN broadcast, period. Uh, when they have JJ Redick on, that is a good one, probably because he's pro Suns. Has he been on there? Yeah, he was on that one game. Uh, oh, with, he's too good for that. Dude. With Dave he's Pash. With Dave Pash, who's a local okay. guy. So you have guys who aren't necessarily, uh, I mean, maybe they are biased and they're biased towards the Suns. I'm okay with that. But you have this whole sect of, son's twitter that's like fuck doris burke mm-hmm. and then you have the clippers subreddit and they were trashing her the whole time talking about how i mean i didn't put all this stuff but you know here here goes doris and her son's dick riding you know i'm watching the spanish feed just oh, for that reason what? they were saying that she is just, what about her son she's the sons the sons oh I, thought, <laughs> I was like wait what i'm sorry i forgot her team name is they the said sons. that they were she was all over Blonde devin right booker there. and you know, sucking off the Suns and saying how great Devin <laughs> Booker was, and you know, and and I get it because they were probably having those conversations on ESPN yeah. about how Devin Booker's an MVP uh, candidate, and that sounds like the Clippers fans were taking exception to that. So it's just funny because it reminds you that every fan base thinks that every announcer is against them, and we're not special when we sit there and bitch about that on this podcast. If we were a Clippers podcast, we'd be talking shit about Doris Burke. But that's gross, and no one would ever be a Clippers podcast. Yeah, you know, honestly, I uh, oh god, uh, I honestly, I kind of like Doris Burke. I, I don't mind her. I don't. I just don't pay attention oh, to what she I, says. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, her son, too much porn, Lissy. Yeah, the stepmom stuff, <laughs> or whatever, stepson stuff. But uh, okay, um, yeah. So Doris Burke, whatever. But everyone's always just disrespected no matter what right i mean we're disrespected by everybody in the world i guess because honestly when you're winning with this like the, we are right now we've been so disrespected all year but then everyone i love that you're doing the subreddit it looks like all the jamsters love it too it's their favorite segment now so this is awesome but we're going to be hearing this in every every subreddit the disrespect from everybody how much we hate it's the same stuff oh it's yeah the same thing but it's the, like but the best thing about it is the different base. terminology utilized that's why i like it i like hearing you know yeah, what they like called jay crowder last night a fuckwit like that's a yes. great term and I'm it's a um it's an australian thing right that's I what no someone idea. commented someone oh, commented in the youtube they said it's an australian thing to call Somebody uh, a fuck with. with. Yep. That's interesting. The more you mm. know. I so know. right back concern. to the <laughs> right back to the sub the, to the Clipper subreddit. And here's an interesting observation. And again, this kind of takes everything that we think about our team and puts it just a little bit on its side, right? Because we are a team and we are fans who are very critical of the Phoenix Suns when it comes to their rebounding, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, you know, you have to remember that the Phoenix Suns currently are in on when it comes to defensive rebounding we're third in the league now we're 22nd in offensive rebounding which puts up which which puts us at 11th in the in the league in total rebounding okay now the clippers who are getting ready to enter the playoffs and uh you know they're they're gonna have to potentially play in that playing or they will be playing in the playing game a win for them means they avoid the suns a loss for them but a secondary win gets them to against the suns their team that is 11th in defensive rebounding, 27th in offensive rebounding, and 22nd in total rebounding. So one of the observations made uh, on the Clipper subreddit is, Suns are fucking crazy at rebounds if you don't know already. We better not get out-hustled. And then the next comment was, up 20 points or down 20 points. We can't let bench players have five offensive rebounds in eight minutes. Uh, they were talking about Bismack Biombo at that point. Somebody else comment on that says it doesn't matter who we put in our lineup or who we play against. We're going to give up way too many second chance points. We just have to accept this team is allergic to boxing out. And then one last person said it is going to hurt our momentum in the playoffs. Second chance points are a killer when you play great defense for 24 seconds or when you play great defense for 24 Mm -hmm. seconds. Sounds like some of the gripes that we've had recently about the Phoenix Suns when we have when, you know, we're sitting a bunch of people. We're not getting rebounds, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just really quick, uh, shout out Blaze Megatron. I'm the Aussie that confirmed the fuckwit thing. Fuck and also wit. Luke Carter. I'm Aussie and I second the confirmation. So, yeah, it's our new jam star. We got to get um, one of you guys on here and have you game. actually say it. Like, I want I want to hear yeah. an Aussie say it with the accent. Like, Make yeah. it into a drop, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, I 
who said it earlier, right? It's all effort, right? When yes. the Suns come out and they play with effort, like they did tonight with the second unit, especially, and even McGee was awesome. Like that effort is the reason why we rebound so well defensively. And like I said earlier, how these fan bases are just the same. We're the same as all of them. We're going to talk about the rebounding and then we're going to be scared of the rebounding, especially when the Suns do come back. You're going to be very frightened that, you know, it's always like those hustle parts of the games where the Suns are making the comeback and you just think your team's not going to get a rebound, right? That always happens. My voice just cracked a little bit. Whoa. It just it happens all the time, and I always get scared too. I'm like, the Suns aren't going to get this board. The ball's not going to bounce their way. Yep. And the effort by, by the Suns tonight on the boards was great. And that's one thing that you know we kind of talked about a little bit, being worried about the boards. I'm not too much because I know the effort will be there from DeAndre and McGee and just the rest of the guys. Team rebounding will be there in the playoffs. But that is something to watch as the Clippers prepare for their playoff run is mm-hmm. if, if that's what ultimately kills them. Uh, Luke Carter says, yeah. hold your nose and say it and you will sound Australian. Matthew, give it a go. Well, I already sound stuffed up. Fuck wit. Fuck wit. No, I just sound the same. Fuck wit. Yeah, it didn't work for me. Yeah, I don't know. We'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. A couple other things from the <laughs> Clippers subreddit on the subreddit stakeout. Um, when you have the Robert Covington wedgie, right? The hard foul yes. by Tory Craig. Okay. These are some great comments. This is the good stuff. It's like, you know, that looked like it hurt. Craig sucks his dad's nerps. <laughs> Craig dirty as fuck. Uh, I thought this game ain't serious. This dude trying to charge full court for a block. Flagrant <laughs> two, suspended for 10 seasons. Suns forfeit the game. <laughs> you know, I mean, Craig was, uh, he's the one that turned the ball over. So that makes sense for him to go after the block like that. So, yeah. So, <laughs> oh man, it was, it, it's, and, and then obviously, you know, they're kicking the shit out of us. They're up by 39. One person, I know this is just one game, but this might be the best five man lineup in the history of the NBA. Uh, Luca, or I'm, I'm sorry, Landry Shamit, former, Careful. former. Well, it's because they're going to talk about Luca in a second. Uh, Landry Shamit, former member of the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, Landry, how I haven't missed you was one comment. Uh, Luca is definitely a spicy white step up from Landry, like, the, or Luke <laughs> is. They're talking about Luke Kennard. Oh, Luke He's Kennard. A, okay, yeah. Um, and then they, you know, a lot of the love was for the fact that they can't believe they got blessed with Norman Rocco. And I think that, uh, you know, that's the big thing that I want to take away from this. I want to talk about just for a couple minutes is the fact that, yeah, they have Norman Powell and they have Robert Covington now, and they haven't had those guys healthy together yet with the whole team. I mean, the whole team, we're not even talking Kawhi Leonard with those guys. I'll ask you this and coach fallen founder. One of our lead jamsters said it in the chat. Uh, is this Clippers rotter b- roster better or worse than last year's playoff roster, in your opinion, Matthew? Okay, so it is better. Um, the thing is, like, even Espo was talking about how, you know, you don't want the Suns to have to play this team if Kawhi and if Paul George are there. Because I know Kawhi was actually in the gym, and there was something about a two-second video of him just walking on there because they didn't, he didn't want anybody to record. <laughs> so he might be coming back. So with those two, and then you have uh, Covington and Powell coming off the bench, it's scary. It's deeper. It's yeah. it's very scary. And that's why they got these guys. It was maybe for next year. But honestly, mm-hmm. we talked about when the trade happened. And I brought up the fact that, you know, if they're together, and I'm sure everyone thought of this too, if they're if they come back, Paul George and Kawhi, and they have this as their base, it's very scary. And honestly, I don't take Kawhi as a guy like, hey, he has to get in a rhythm. He has to, you know, he has to find his way in his offense. He's like, no, I, I think that he's scary if he oh, comes, yeah. if he comes back and he's 70% and it's a seven game series and he works his way into it. That's very scary to face. And it's kind of unfair. That's why we were rooting for them to get the seventh seed. Yes. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. And uh, yeah, I think they're clearly, I mean, Terrence Mann was a big part of this team last year in the playoffs. That alone should tell you how better this team is. Terrence Mann was out there in, in garbage time tonight playing for the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, I mean, he's, yeah. So, so that just kind of shows you that this team is mu- going to be much deeper. They're a wing team. Uh, Nicholas Batum, Mark- Marcus Morris, uh, you know, they got a Vita Zubats for size on the interior. And again, the, the weakness with all those wings is the rebounding, right? 
But with Norman Powell, with Robert Covington, the healthier that that team gets and the chemistry, the more chemistry they develop, this team is a sick team. I think they're definitely built for next year, and they should be considered one of the favorites entering next year if everybody's healthy. So, you know, but yeah. again, if, if, but if we're fifths, we'd all be drunk, right? Exactly. But still, and, I think they're oh. definitely better. And also, Jay says, uh, oh, no, 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 they didn't. <laughs> He's, I, saw, I said 70% of Kawhi, like, if he is 70%. The thing is, like, no one knows what the hell's going on with Kawhi. Yeah, exactly. He might be just ready to go, and he might just be waiting till the playoffs. Who knows? You don't know what this dude is. Exactly. And again, you're saying if, you know, if it's 70% of Kawhi, if he's playing out there and he's 70% of his normal self, it's still pretty scary, which I agree with that. Uh, the last comment I wanted to bring up on the subreddit stakeout was when they were talking about Alfred Payton, they're like, they got Walmart brand Bledsoe in there. And I thought that was funny as shit. So I thought I'd share I don't that know with you. Maybe Kmart, dude. It's Radio Shack. It's Radio Shack. It's not even okay. it's not even that. So uh did want to bring up this before we get to the jam star of the game on this one. Let's see. Boop. Big Dick Booker. Yeah, I know. I know. Devin Booker didn't play tonight. But one of the things that we didn't get to talk about on the podcast yesterday. Uh, because we were recording and it was happening as we were recording, was the fact that following achieving the franchise record for wins in a season, Devin Booker signed his jersey and gave it to Al McCoy last night. Did you see that? I did. It's amazing. It's like um, the way Devin Booker is and how he handles himself like with this organization off the court. The things he does is just always like the right thing to do, right? Uh, their relationship, of course, no one ever talks about like McCoy and the players' relationships, but... McCoy's seen Booker go through so much, right? Mm -hmm. So I think their relationship is probably pretty tight. And the way he handled himself after the game, gave him the, the jersey, it's just one of those things where it's like, would another player do that? Would another franchise player even think to do that? That's what it goes through my mind. It's just like, and I don't know, is this McCoy's last year? Or does he have a few more years in him? I don't know. But, you know, for a franchise record 63 wins that no one even talked about today or last night yeah. for the Suns game. There's, I didn't hear one peep about it. It meant a lot to McCoy, I'm sure. So that was a really awesome thing that Booker did. You know, Al McCoy is a, a staple of this organization. And there's been debates, you know, kind of fun debates, things we talk about during the pandemic on our podcast just past time. It's like if they were to build a statue – in front of the stadium, who would they do it of Barkley or, or Nash. And, you know, my answer was always Al McCoy. Al McCoy is the guy when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. He's pretty much seen it all. And to have Devin Booker recognize who he is, to have that relationship with this franchise, the way that he does, and to understand what's important to this franchise. When I saw that, I'll tell you this, Matthew. I mean, you've known me for a long time. Sean Marion's always been my favorite Phoenix Sun. Always. I love the way that he played. I love the way that he defended. Uh, I love I love the way that he had kind of the fuck you attitude. Uh, Devin Booker is my favorite player in Suns history period now. Like he is exudes class. He exudes class. He is the best thing that I have ever seen. The best player, the best human that I've seen play for this organization, watching this team since 1988. And I saw that and it's just like, it's like you said, he does all these, these little things that mean something to somebody that he, he's not doing that for the, he's not doing that to get the, the, the photo taken, you know, happen to be right there in, in press media row. Mm -hmm. So he's going to sit there and, and, or it's going to be seen, but at the same time, that's not what he's doing it for. He's doing it for Al because Al's been here forever and he got to witness the sun's victory. And he's been a part of the season of the best regular season of all time. And Devin Booker recognized that moment and, like, it's not even close. Devin Booker's my favorite Phoenix son, and I never thought I'd say those words. I really didn't. We all have those attachments, those emotional attachments to the players that we loved, right? Like, as a kid, I loved KJ. I loved KJ. Now, Michael Jordan was my favorite player growing up. I, I loved Michael Jordan. But KJ was my son, right? Not my actual son, like my Phoenix son. <laughs> loved, him. son. loved him. Loved <laughs> him. Uh, and then obviously when the, when the 1990 draft happened and, and Sean Marion became a member of the Phoenix Suns and I got to watch him grow with this organization. And then we, you know, took off like a rocket when Nash showed up, I always loved Marion cause he was always there first. Right. And I love the way, like I said, how he played, but Devin Booker has been through so much with this organization. We've been there right along with him suffering through the bullshit, going through all of the turmoil and the external 
conversations about he's oh he's going to New York oh he doesn't want to be there yada yada and he's never wavered and then to see that moment tonight that was it man like Devin Booker you are my favorite Phoenix Sun of all time yeah the the last month of Booker has been insane like he was the best player on this team for sure uh MVP before the season started and then even midway through I'm like it's Chris Paul for sure Chris Paul already passed Steve Nash for me as my favorite point guard for the Suns, right and i've always thought booker would be the best son of all time once he's retired mm -hmm. he will be he'll be that statue too next to mccoy and i just i think that the way he handles himself is just it's 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 really exceptional and i think that he has a lot more to do here like this is just the beginning it's it's insane how early he is still in his career and i just the last month though he's put in a lot of work to really just sh not showboat himself but show what a great player he's been and then also this thing with McCoy just shows like off the floor like how great of a guy he is yeah and again on the court he has that killer instinct like Jordan had you know mm -hmm. as much as we hated Kobe uh we respected him and he's got that same kind of mentality and I just love seeing it, it's that yeah I just I, I love to see it so uh I saw this question on Twitter a couple days ago and it's from at the Matt Peterson. And he says, random Suns specific question. Who's the fourth player on Suns Mount Rushmore? It's got to be Nash, Barkley, and Bookler, Booker, right? For the first three spots. Maybe I'm wrong on that too. I don't think he is. I think it's Nash, Barkley, and Booker. If I'm not, that fourth spot feels tough. Westfall, KJ, Davis, Stoudemire, Hawkins, Paul. Just got me stewing. Who's your fourth on the Suns Mount Rushmore? If, if, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Nash, Barkley, and Booker are, are the top three. Who's number four? <laughs> Fabio, Isaiah, Kane, and. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say Chris Paul. I wow. think he's meant that much as I know it's been short, but he's going to play here another couple of years, dude. And I'm not talking about in the future, just right now. I think no one's really ever experienced a team like this in phoenix ever this is never i know in the 93 whatever yeah. but this is something different this is just like building and it started with chris paul coming here and of course booker being here as well but chris paul coming here and already being my favorite point guard and we're already putting steve nash up there so i had to put chris paul right next to him and booker and then uh charles barkley i guess gotcha well chambers respect. yeah always respect. overlooked right yeah yeah some great answers by the jamsters al mccoy for the fourth face from coach fallen founder uh shot chucker mm -hmm. says jimmer <laughs> jimmer for dead yeah right. <laughs> uh ted lubin the original son van arsdale um chambers uh marty lopez it's gonna be ayton diana tarasi you know if this was phoenix sports yes uh tricks paul kj um someone's gonna, gonna say it so i will dragon bender <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> danny shays man i remember him uh cp3 Hato Turkoglu, Haiti Turkey, Haitu Turkey Ogluglu, KJ <laughs> Chambers now, Paul later. I mean, so there's there's some you know the Oklahoma kid, uh, Alvin Adams could be there, but he's before our time. It's 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 a great question, and there's a ton of different ways you can go there or go because you could go okay, impact on the franchise or uh, longevity or most points. I mean, that's Walter Davis. Uh, you know, yeah, I was gonna say Walter so, Davis. So, so I mean, there's a lot of answers. I don't have a right one. I really don't. Uh, I would put Al McCoy if I could. If it was like three players, you know, or if you, you give me four, like I'd say Al because he's just been there consistently. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, but I can make an argument for and against everyone on that list. KJ, I can tell you the for and against. Chambers, I think, is a good one. Chambers really affected this franchise and, and was really a big part of resetting this franchise. I mean, you had KJ and Marley come in in like 88 and then 89. They bring in Tom Chambers and the team just goes fucking bonkers and they're winning 50 games consecutively. Just can't get over the hump. And as he, as he started to fall off, you bring in Charles Barkley and then everything kind of goes. So again, interesting questions, great questions posed by the Jamster faith. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, as a reminder, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification button, and click the join button if you want to be an elite Jamster. And let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, who's your jam star of the game? Did I go first last time? 
I don't know. Did you? Did you not? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll just get it out of the way. Uh, I'm going to do Ish Wainwright. Ish. That's the correct answer. Matthew, yeah, what do you win? Correct. And uh, I win a uh, bubble bath later. In a bubble bath. Minutes. Yep. Bubble bath. All myself. alone. Barely fit in it, but it's still relaxing, right? <laughs> you got to do what you got to <laughs> do, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, if he Lumberg's up there, I know he didn't have a great game, but just to see him kind of out there was kind of fun to watch. Uh, Aaron Hall, that I was a big fan of, but yeah, it was definitely Ish Wainwright and the uh, the effort he put forth out there. You know, he's gone from a guy who we who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, who we respected his energy. Uh, we knew that his shot would uh, we would hope we hope that it would eventually would fall, and it's been falling with more consistent uh, consistency. And I'm just I'm happy to see him have the success that he's having. Again, I, it'd be interesting to see if the Suns can do something, and or if they can do something, we don't even know to get him on the team. I think that he would just be a good, he, he's a physical guy. You know, he's an imposing presence. He's a former tight end for Baylor. Put him out there and he you know, is, have, have him D up and Pat Bev. talk about shit. that, right? They're going to look for the new story. All right. If Lundberg's there, then that's a new story that they're going to just like Cameron Payne last year. And then it could be Wainwright. You know, oh, he used to be a tight end. Was it a tight end? There was a tight end at Baylor, right? <laughs> yeah. You bring that up 10 times every game. Those bring that up. Just like, yeah, LeBron every time on the national broadcast, like, well, he was a tight end at Baylor. Did you know that? <laughs> like, yeah, you told me three times last game. So, uh, next up for the Suns, they are playing the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, Utah backwards is Hat, hat U, Hat University. Uh, they're playing the Utah Jazz in Utah. We don't know roster availability. My assumption is it'll be something very similar to what we saw tonight. If you look at the current standings uh, as they sit right now, you will see that the Utah Jazz are currently slated as the fifth seed. Uh, they are a game is that a game behind the or a game they went tonight too so yeah so this okay. this is including tonight they're a game ahead oh, of the okay. denver nuggets okay. so you have to you have to kind of think it out if you're the utah jazz okay um what does this game mean to you against the suns if you're comfortable playing the dallas mavericks in the first round then you don't give a shit uh well no you do give a shit if you want to play the Dallas Mavericks, you want to go out and win this game. If you'd rather play the Golden State Warriors, then you go out and you kind of try to mail this one in, right? And hope that the Denver Nuggets catch you and uh, surpass you so you can end up playing the Golden State Warriors. What, what matchups do you think that the Utah Jazz would favor? This is tough. Honestly, I mean, if they're going into this, they're like, hey, we're trying to dodge a team here. I wouldn't do that because if you get Dallas or oh, the yeah. Golden State Warriors, it's either way, it's going to suck, I think, depending on availability, of course. But I would actually go more the Golden State Warriors way just because of how badly they're falling apart this year, uh -huh. right? Dallas right now is on a hot streak. Dallas, yes. of course, now has Luka in the MVP race, all that bullshit. And they are scary. I picked them to be in the Western Conference Finals. But the way it's looking right now, if they're number four, we might have to play them next round. I honestly think I would go for the Golden State Warriors. But the thing is, like, I don't like how the teams, of course, and this is the way it is now, but they're trying to lose their way yeah. into certain situations. I don't feel like that's ever really happened and worked. You know, you eventually have to play one of the better teams. So you might as well just get it out of the way and see how it goes. Maybe they'll overlook you. Maybe you can just slip one in there, you know. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so this <laughs> Utah Jazz team, they are definitely a trip to me. I don't know. If, uh, you know, the whole Mitchell thing, I don't think he he might not be playing this next game because they want to lose out and get to that other seed. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a thing where the Suns are going to play anybody either again. So I think Utah has a chance to win, but are they, do they want to win? That's what the NBA and Adam Silver is trying so hard to make these games meaningful. And yeah. it still is not. It's so difficult. What are you supposed to do? Just start the playoffs. Just start the playoffs. It's out right no, away. No, no more regular season. No, no, it's not. It's like, and yeah, that, that should be what Adam Silver's solution is. Like, hey, everyone, we're going to do 82 games. And then yeah. after everyone hits 80, be like, psych, it's over now. They're like, what? Hold on. I was trying yes. to dodge. I was trying to dodge the, the Mavericks. <laughs> uh, Shot yeah. Chucker says it in the chat. I don't remember this. But he says, never forget, Utah ducked the Lakers last playoffs. So if that's the case, I don't recall. Uh, I remember I was, I think, in Laughlin last year for the end of the season. So I was... Don't, I don't remember who was ducking who and whatnot. And I remember I did the podcast from my hotel room there. It was hot as fuck outside. Um, but that being said, you look at Utah. They are two and two this year against the Mavericks. They're one and three against the Warriors. So that's of note. And also mm -hmm. know that Denver 
is is two games ahead of Minnesota, and they both have two games to play. So Minnesota could technically catch the Nuggets, and if they do so, I don't know the tiebreaker situation, but if they catch them, they could potentially take that over that six seed altogether. So Denver's going to be try to win is going to be trying obviously to win. They get one more win, they lock up the six seed at at least based on how everything's going to go over these last couple of games. <gasps> Excuse me. So again. The, it all comes down to what do, what do the Jazz want? Because the Suns, we know it's going to be kind of a, a similar thing. We're going to see more opportunity for the second team and third team guys, and we'll kind of go from there, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And then uh, in the comments, raw, R-A-U-W, it'll be the Spurs or Suns in the first round. So That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. I'll still be scared. <laughs> Until I'm scared. Of, I, I, I'm scared. Whoever it is, you know, it's I, just I'm like scared, dude. sleep with the nightlight on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, sleep with the nightlight on, and you uh, take bubble baths with the nightlight on as well. It's yeah, just the, the nightlight. It's set, the set of candles, just a couple nightlights. <laughs> uh, Matthew, anything else that we missed from your notes in this game? Uh, it was a weird one. I just closed out of my notes. Oh, good. Well, I guess oh. the answer to that is no. Nope. Um, well, listen, all right, hold on. Um, Mm -hmm. do you think that the Phoenix Suns, uh, are going to start any of their starters in the next game? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think. I should have done it with your notes. No, no. Damn dang it. it, dang it. If it oh. was more than that. Um, but <laughs> no, but Kale Richards is starting. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah he that. will. He will. And he only played 21 minutes tonight, and I think that was yeah, absolutely that's perfect. Huge. Five the next game. Well, I think on that note, Jamsters, we're going to go ahead and put a little bow on this one, wrap it up, and we'll see you on Friday night. You know, you spend your Friday nights with the jam session. That's, that's the way to do it. And then you take bubble baths with the nightlights on. So uh, yeah. on that note, thank you for joining us as per usual. Everyone who's watching, you're, you're a true Jamster. You're a true Suns fan. I mean, hanging out here after a, a game like that, and you want to sit and talk with people in the chat about it and, and listen to us talk about it. Or if you're listening to this tomorrow, same thing. Like, best fan base on the planet right here, I'm telling you. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And uh, go home and, uh, you know, join someone in a bubble bath. I might leave the door unlocked to the bathroom. Who knows if anybody comes over or whatever. <laughs>